Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to artists about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with Amy Hoffman of the band Future Teens. We talked about Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album Emotion and our mutual love of Tom Hanks, growing up Christian, and also workshopped a couple film ideas for Carly Rae, which, Carly Rae, you're welcome to buy the ideas. Future Teens released their most recent EP, Deliberately Alive, March 12th, 2021, on Take This to Heart Records. Please check out our Patreon, that's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. We drop episodes close to a week early, and we just started doing exclusive content over there with my partner, editor, and producer, Sarah Blumenthal. So check that out for $1 or more dropping extra content, and you can help me keep the lights on with these hosting expenses. Okay, let's chat with Amy Hoffman. Hey Amy, how's it going? Going well. How are you doing? Pretty good. Um, long day at work, but no reason to go into details with that. <laughs> we are here now. Yeah. Is it as stupid hot where you are as it is in Boston? Um, it was like, yes, is the <laughs> short answer. I feel like uh, it's, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to explain rain and humidity to you. Um <laughs> And then there was like also this thing that happens at this time of year, probably more so happens, well, I guess you have a longer spring. So really I'm explaining spring to you, or <laughs> I was about to. Um, but I just have this thing where you feel like you've been comfortable kind of like dressing a certain way for like many months. And I'm still, even though we're basically, we're at summer now yeah, and officially, and I still feel like I'm like, no, it's winter or whatever. It's like I can't come to terms. And then finally, by the time I will come to terms with it, it'll be fall. Yeah. And that, yeah. So I'm always just basically waiting for it to be cold weather and then struggling when it's not. Um, but my cold weather is different than yours. Uh, <laughs> but we are not here today to talk about weather. Uh, we are talking about Carly Rae Jepsen's 2015 album, Emotion. And so was this the first time you heard Carly Rae Jepsen or was it an earlier record or where did your relationship start with it? I fell into the Carly Rae pit uh, with Call Me Maybe. Uh, I, I think that I will, um, I thought that I would always be searching for like the something else to make me feel the way I felt the first time I heard Call Me Maybe. Uh, and then I heard Run Away With Me. <laughs> um the the record Call Me Maybe is on is um pretty pretty all over the place but has some absolute hits and after that I was hooked. That was the 2012 record? Uh yeah, Kiss okay. I think it's called. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Uh, if we're wrong, you know. Yeah. We're not experts. <laughs> um but yeah, I well, I I came out it I think actually with this record. So I think Run Away with Me what and Probably, actually, I Really Like You was the first time yeah. I heard it, and I just felt like I couldn't deny it. Um, it was just It's just one of those things where, I guess I was telling you before we started, it's like I try and just like let music 
hit me where it lives. Like, not trying, like... Okay. What I usually hate about, like, when people do the thing... I feel like I brought this up on the pod before, where it's like... Have you seen, like, that stupid meme that's like, Queen, it took one person to write the song, and then they'll they'll list everyone that wrote a pop song? Yeah. And then it sucks, basically. I hate <laughs> it. And, like, so it's like... In my mind, what I'm saying is I try not to, like, think about it that way. Um, but with all that said, I really like this record, and I really like the one that came before it. But I don't feel like I have, like, an, I guess, an intimate relationship with it. If I hear it, I love it. So that's my sp- spiel on it. Perfect. What more do you need? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I need anything else. So it's kind of, like, hard to contextualize it, like... Like, I feel like if I'm around certain people and, I don't know, like, someone's talking about Fugazi, it's, like, you talk about it a different way than you might, like, insert, like, I guess any sort of, like, indie or punk band than you would this. But then yeah. I also feel like sometimes that's kind of rude to music like this. Like, it's as in-depth as anything Fugazi did, you know? I, I don't know why I'm taking in that direction this early. You know? Yeah, I think... uh as someone who as a kid was like whatever emo sucks because there are no guitar solos and like fuck pop music uh learning how to like recognize that these are good songs they're objectively very good if you change the arrangement they're still great songs like the fact that i think i i thought that i would hate this because it was pop music had i like i would have felt that way had i been you know a uh like a a young teenager um, was probably just my internalized misogyny more than anything. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which is a yeah. hot take that is coming to me quite literally right now. They're like mm. kind of the way um, I think of how uh, folks will like go after like young girls who like absolutely love a pop star like, mm-hmm. no, young women are just tastemakers. Yeah. It's fine. And, like, loving pop music is every bit as cool as, like, loving Fugazi. It's going to just, like, hit every kind of person in a different way. Um, and, like, I don't necessarily form the same really big um, emotional connection to a lot of pop music as I do to the emo songs of my youth. But, like, that doesn't make it any less sick. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like way more straightforward way of putting it than I did. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's, I almost like made it a bigger thing. I guess it's like growing up, similar to you, it's like I had a relationship with like punk or emo or, you know, kind of, I guess, subculture music. And so it was kind of like, it was like us versus them, you know, kind of, it was like the way I was yeah. raised. It was like, it was like that kind of thing where it's like, I have to wear skate shoes or something, you know? It's yeah. Like, it's like it's just a very us versus them like way of growing up and so like as i've just trying to be more open-minded about music it's just kind of let a song and realize they're like oh this is just sick yeah yeah like like, this is just a good song yeah it's so cool to just like let yourself like something without the like fear of like what your pals at the diy gig are gonna think of it yeah it's such a yeah. nice thing to have transitioned out of. Like, um, I don't ever want to have a guilty pleasure song again in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, 
it's like people say it like the idea of guilty pleasure is like bad it's like i shouldn't have to apologize for like in like ario speedwagon or something yeah. you know or whatever the probably better dated equivalent <laughs> is. um but yeah like guilty pleasures are really dumb yeah. um but but also there's this notion that i feel like there's this train of thought where it's almost like make everything good too yeah. <laughs> like it's like everything can be good and i'm like well i don't know if i'm there <laughs> but all i know is this is good like yeah. this is good like the new the newest lady gaga record is good but i don't i don't know what the rest of this is you know like <laughs> you know it's like yeah you know yeah i'm not up the i'm i'm like not there to be like every because like everything's not good there's so many bad emo bands yeah you know it's there's like, certainly uh bad every bad in everything yes uh, yeah but it's okay. We can take it case by case. Yeah, it's case by We'll go through every band and we'll say good, bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to redirect, we're going to go through every mm -hmm. uh, pop record that's come out in the last five, year, five years and yeah. decide if they're good or bad. Uh, we'll start with uh, Charlie XCX, very good. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Same you page. You can go. <laughs> um, okay, the most recent Shawn Mendes record sucks. Okay. I but I that. say that I'll having listened to, to like... Uh, five songs and given up. Um, yeah, I don't know how deep I can go on this uh, thing, so <laughs> I'll have to definitely jump off. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm like I'm like eat, you know, like stinky face. Like it's like when I'm a little kid and it's like vegetables or something. Yeah, you know, like I'm like, yeah, case by case. Um, so, 2015. So this is when you heard this record for the first time or i guess you're saying yeah. you heard the 2012 record for the first time yeah i heard the 2012 record first and then uh i remember like finding out there was a new single and like rushing to my computer to listen to it mm. yeah um i was listening to an episode of this podcast called hooked on pop and they they talked with carly ray but they also were kind of saying that um run away with me like isn't as good as call me maybe i remember um, that and yeah and then i felt like i had like i was like but it is <laughs> yeah. like i it, but it was like i didn't know where to go further with it but it was it's they talked to her and it was positive but they almost made it seem like this isn't as good of a record as that record that's an absolutely wild take that is yeah a steaming hot take that i yeah i cannot agree with <laughs> yeah i don't even know how to like break it down um but it's just like this feels as good and i in my head i thought that this record was even like bigger but they made it seem like on that podcast that essentially 2012 was her peak in a way huh you know but he didn't say it in like a kind of belittling way. It's, yeah. you know, as you listen to it, it's like definitely more like musicologist kind of standpoint. But I was like, I will not stand for the slander, um, <laughs> you know. So so I guess they're saying like, I guess they're kind of doing the thing where they're like, this is already territory that has been done. And so huh. by that token, it's like not as good because it's being tread again. But then I'm like. I've written the same song so many times. Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, if if I'm being completely honest with myself, the chord yeah. progressions that I use are... It's, like, one person, and she has 
I guess I mean, she writes a lot of these songs directly. Um, it's just I feel like that's just a songwriting thing. You're going to do that. Yeah. Um, my uh, my childhood guitar teacher uh, used to say, "It's it's fine, Aim. Uh, good writers make stuff. Great writers steal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all pulling yeah. from something at all times. Like it's everything is going has been done before and will be done again." That doesn't make yeah. it less good. It's yeah. a, we're all doing different versions of the same things. Yeah. Just in our own uh, ways. I don't know. I think that Call Me Maybe is a completely different kind of stunning to run away with me, I think. To the point that like I cannot I simply cannot compare the two in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she perhaps peaked on the charts for this moment in her career with Call Me Maybe, but like everything that has come after is so good. And yeah. not just from like a, oh, this is like a hooky earworm standpoint. Yeah, I've been, I mean, it's easier to think about in terms of like pop music, but I feel like it's okay. So if I break it back down to like, I guess bands more in like our scenes yeah. relatively. It's like when they go to a bigger label or if that major label thing still happens, it's like if they don't sell X amount of records, then it's like they're a failure. Yeah. Or kind of viewed by that way. But it's like in, I guess, our metric, smaller music metric, if you feels like it's fine to kind of hit people in a different place, yeah. you know? And so it's like, if she doesn't do X amount of records, speaking of Carly Rae Jepsen again, to view it as a failure, I understand that's how that industry works, but it, it just, you know, I don't know how to like kind of yeah think about the way I was kind of raised in music, small music, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of that, it's like we don't appreciate them for like the art that they're bringing more so just the numbers that they're selling. Okay. I have a hot take about this. And okay. why why um, emotion didn't do better, which is that they should not have led with "I really like you." Um, it felt like I heard it and was like, "I love this," but I can feel that you were like trying to pick the same kind of magic that you had with "Call Me Maybe," and like you you just can't. <laughs> like, there's got to be new magic, and there are so many songs that would have been better lead singles. And I think that that was like probably the biggest failure of that marketing strategy. Um, I, I sincerely think it would have done better had it been shown off properly from the get. Mm. Uh, what, during that same interview that I'll keep referencing, uh, they were uh, Carly Carly Rae Jepsen was talking about that she just like writes songs like all the time yeah so there's like hundreds of songs or something out there that she could release but i guess it's like you can't do that as like a (laughs) pop star and then i'm like so technically there's a universe where carly ray jepson is like robert pollard (laughs) from just like releasing stuff whenever she feels it and i wish that were the case yeah i want that universe i remember uh she did a she did an ama on reddit um last summer i think when dedicated side b came out and Mm. uh there's there's this like carly ray fan lore about this uh like 
disco record that she made and never did anything yeah. with. Uh, and someone was like, Carly, when are you putting out the disco record? Like, everyone's just waiting for you to dig that out of your backyard. And she's like, over my dead body. No. <laughs> like, wow. Please. We all, this is what we all need in this economy. I, yeah, it, it wouldn't have been surprising if she had, I mean, I guess she did dedicated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with the, with the amount of stuff like Taylor Swift is putting out, it wouldn't be odd. Yeah. <laughs> that she did it. And also, like, I think even in terms of, once again, I guess, smaller bands, um, there seems to be, like, a relationship that kind of changed with how you release things during the pandemic. Yeah. And so it's like, you could just kind of put out singles, but, you know. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if that's the, pl- you know, I know nothing about Interscope Records, kind of how that works, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what their big plans are, but, um, God, I love this record. <laughs> It's so good. I feel like every time, every time I look at it or every time I think about it, I have a different favorite. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like "Run Away with Me" is is the obvious one. Um, I think it's it's a perfect lead song. It, yeah, you just like you cannot intro a record better than that. Um, and I think all of these songs are like really good, regardless of arrangement but really, mm-hmm. really hard to make good in another arrangement. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think it's, so. I like, mean, They're good regardless of what the production is going to be like. They're just good songs. But um, we we did a Carly Rae Jepsen Halloween set in 2019, and which was really, it was a hill I really died on. Uh, I was like, this would be good. This would be fun. We already covered Runaway With Me on a comp. Let's just do it. And then we sat down to practice and we were like, oh, no, we can't make this song sound good the way we recorded it because that it simply doesn't work. What are we going to do? I think it takes like a very special something to like make this songs pop. These songs pop the way that she has. Uh, Have you seen Carly Rae Jepsen live? God, I wish I have not. Um, I had a friend that contacted me and he was like, I have two tickets to Carly Rae Jepsen and will you go with me? Because this significant other couldn't go with him. And I was like, of course. I mean, one free show, but two, yes. Uh, There's no other answer. Yeah, there's no other answer. Um, There was no hesitation. And sometimes it's like, oh, big venue. I have to be there to stand, you know, Um, but yeah, no question. Um, so, but what was somewhat surprising, but probably just based on the fact that I haven't been to many, like, big pop shows, um, it's like how full band it was. Like, she has a band. And I guess that's more known now, because she did, like, that music video that shows her band. But sometimes when I think of, like, the idea of, like, pop, it's, like, a couple people, and then they're kind of supporting backing tracks. But... They were playing, like, the band and herself, too, were playing harder than I've seen, like, most bands play. Hell yeah. You know, and it was like, and also all the guys in the band, um, you know, they just kind of, I'm like, what other band, or like, what hardcore band are they in or something? You know, they kind of just, like, just general kind of person. Yeah. You know, Um, but yeah, it was an amazing show that feel like it 
hit me in a way that I'm not making like a concession about it. Like I feel like if you, once again, I don't have a, like a big experience with like seeing pop live, but I almost like liken it to like, if you saw like Fleetwood back now, you might kind of take it on a different level. Yeah. You know, just be like, Oh, that's nice. You know, <laughs> I yeah. wish I saw it, you know? So it's like, you kind of like make it a different thing in your mind, but it was like, just maybe hands down outside of genre, like one of the best shows I've been to is hell yeah. My rambling point. Yeah, that is so I, all I have ever heard, is that it's yeah so good. And I have of course watched many many videos, and uh, I I'm hopefully we'll get to see her sooner or later. She's yeah. so powerful. Yeah, and she seems like the nicest person. Yeah. Yeah. Just even better. She she just like looks so thrilled to be doing what she's doing. Yeah, and even in the context, I feel like the way that she writes songs and the way that she kind of presents herself, it's it's almost like I almost feel like while I'm listening to Carly Rae Jepsen, I'm like, you don't have to be, you don't have to feel this way. I mean, I, you know, it's like you are Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. Like, you know, like especially on this record, it's like you shouldn't have to convince someone to love you yeah, you don't, don't have to like have this like intense longing you are yeah you are you <laughs> yeah 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 it's yeah this really is like the ultimate crush record mm-hmm. and uh, uh, like a little bit of like heartbroken pining but also a lot of just like catching eyes across a room like exciting summer crush vibe mm-hmm. it's just so yeah. good yeah i think that it's like and it's not like she's the only one who does it it's like kind of hits in the way like in like an emo record could yeah um usually that's like sometimes with like emo records especially if it's like guys it's like oh you did this to me you know kind of thing but this is kind of like you know maybe i'm not good enough for you kind of is like the yeah the message of it yeah and so once again just like if if uh carly if you are listening you are yeah, you don't have to do that I'll, I'll say <laughs> yes you yeah. are you are immensely powerful and loved <laughs> one thing i noticed too and then it was confirmed by that same uh hooked on pop uh there she was talking about how she doesn't like put pronouns often mm-hmm. in her song like just to make things like general um and i i thought that that was very interesting i guess for lack of a better way to put it yeah 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 i think i can think of like one where one on this record that she like uses any kind of like gender identifier but it's ultimately like the thesis statement of the song has is not actually about the dude in question um uh it's boy problems she's like talking about how she's on the phone with her friend and have like telling her about the problems she's having in this relationship. And her friend's like, I don't know how many more times I can tell you the same thing. Uh, and it ultimately ends up just being like a song about friendship and like being more thoughtful with the space you take in your relationships. Uh, but it's an absolute bop that just sounds like it's about a crummy dude at first listen. Um, I, I really love that she takes that approach of like, this can be for anyone and everyone. 
Um, and I especially love that the rare occasion she does gender somebody, it's usually not about that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if, uh, I think a lot of people, if they kind of just thought about it for a second, I'm, I'm not always certain that, like, putting, like, gender identities in songs is, like, necessary a lot of yeah. times. You know, like, I, it's not like a big credit to me or anything. It's like, I don't, I don't tend to do it, and I, I feel like I realized it after the fact. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, I, it was just a thought of, like, making it a little bit more universal. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, it, it was interesting to me, because um, it's something I do on accident. Yeah. <laughs> so It's something Daniel and I have talked about a few times when writing future teen songs, and we end up being like, well, what's, what's the point of, like, identifying this person's gender in telling this story? Like, what intent does it have um and if if it doesn't like move the song forward in any meaningful way then why yeah um yeah. And that's all that's always a nice thing to be like to be cognizant of yeah because i think it is important if if people can kind of have their own identity with it and not to say that you can't like have an identity with a song that is gendered you know because yeah. that's just the history of music yeah um but, I mean, it's, it's got to be nice to people that, you know, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's sick to have it be, like, something that any kind of person can sink into and, like, feel their big, uh, like, crush feelings listening to a Carly record. And uh, it's, like, it's, like, songs about pining for literally anyone. I feel like um, what, that's one of the things that make this makes this record so accessible like i think so often me growing up being like oh pop music's stupid all they do is sing about boys and yeah uh growing into like a more you know sentient empathetic person uh and sinking into records like this that's like truly like this it's the same subject matter Mm-hmm. as always and forever but um does not have the same like doesn't it doesn't like pigeonhole itself yeah yeah totally but for lack of a really horrible example but it just makes me think of like like even like classic rock songs where it's like <laughs> just like when you hear one come on and then yeah. it's like the song's like devil woman and you're like <laughs> what were we doing there uh, but then also it's like even it's much more embarrassing. Um, it's almost like it's like when you hear that, you're like, OK, grandpa, you know, like it's <laughs> like if you're you're just at a family function, you're like, oh, I can't change you. Yeah. But then to hear that kind of way of being and like we'll say 2021 or 2015, you know, um, it's just like, why are we still doing this? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, but I don't, I don't know the ultimate point of that. Uh, but I guess like as moving into uh, I really like you. Um, that we were talking about before. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I think the relationship I have with it is probably because of the like music video with Tom Hanks. So yeah. it's like, it's just automatically likable. Yeah. You know, that video yeah. is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was reading about that. Um, and I think I've watched it so many times and not realized that, uh, yeah, okay. Actually, it was like my my wife recently was like, "Had you seen that music video?" And I think it had almost become like a Tom Hanks movie in my head. 
Like I just, I was just like, I don't, I don't know. And then I watched it and I was like, yes, I've seen this like so many times. It's just like, oh, that's, that's uh, Tom Hanks's 2015 movie. I really like you. you know? <laughs> um, but even like Justin Bieber's in it. And then I was like, oh, I didn't realize that because he just drives by in the car. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, a day in the life of Tom Hanks. And then all of a sudden Justin Bieber's in there. Like, yeah. Okay. That could be a day in the life of Tom Hanks. What do I know? Yeah, I, one, I, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I read something of where they got it. It's like, oh, they just had the same manager or friends with the same manager. And he yeah. was like, sure. You know? <laughs> but still, like, it's like, it shouldn't be that easy. Like, having the same manager doesn't, but it's like, you're Tom Hanks, you know? <laughs> um, but once again, I guess to remind myself, she is Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like two very wholesome icons. Yeah. Coming together yeah. for the greater good. And it it really worked. There are parts of it where it's like, Tom, you're kind of phoning this in. But then I remember that Tom is like an older dude who's mm -hmm. probably like, I'm on board with this, but I'm not really sure why. He's not really like singing that much in it. Like he's moving his mouth yeah. and it's like, it's like he kind of knows maybe there's cue cards or something. <laughs> but it doesn't even really like sync up all the time. Yeah. But then you're like, it doesn't matter because it's Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not mad There's at There's no it, but... one else that could have gotten away with that performance. No. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, if we're ranking Tom Hanks' performances, it's probably not near the top. Yeah. It's significantly enhanced it's in the by the fact that it's a Carly Rae yes. film. So then it, then it puts it in the middle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Gives it a, a big power boost. Yeah, it's definitely over, like, the Terminal, I think. Yeah. Or, like, the airplane movie, the one where he's, like, Sully. You know? I didn't see that one, but... I didn't either, just, but I'm assuming. Just on principle, I think this is better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is definitely better. <laughs> um, yeah, so more so we're saying... Um, I think we're saying Carly Rae Jepsen is better than Tom Hanks. I think that's what we've just said. I think that is. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to go back to it because I don't. I mean, I don't if, know I, if I if I were if I were forced to make a choice, like, who do you save? I save Carly a hundred percent of the time. I know Tom Hanks is a I national mean, treasure, but um, it's Carly for me. Sorry, Tom. He's lived a good life. I think it'll yeah. be like. I think there's more. There's more things that Carly Rae Jepsen, like a disco record, can give us, and no slight to Tom Hanks. His yeah. best work might be behind him. It's possible. You know? Yeah. And if he hears this, I apologize. <laughs> if Con if Colin or uh, we'll say yeah, Colin, because I think we're not doing anything with Chet anymore. Uh, yeah. But if Colin Hanks shows this to him, then I apologize to the whole Hanks family for everything I've said. Yeah. Um. If Tom Hanks hears this, I do. I, this is, um, very very outside where we're at, but I will always hear Tom Hanks' name and think of this. Uh, we watched Catch Me If You Can recently mm -hmm. in my house. Um, we had, in, in November, we uh, themed November around giving thanks for Tom Hanks and watching a lot of Tom Hanks movies. Um, and we watched Catch Me If You Can, and my roommate was absolutely certain that Catch Me If You Can was actually stuck on you, and stuck on you was actually the Blues Brothers. Because Wait, she got what? all of the she got all of the movie posters mixed up because they're all just two white dudes. 
(laughs) (laughs) And it took 20 minutes to, like, show her everything and figure out what the hell she was talking about. She was like, what do you mean Tom Hanks is in Catch Me If You Can? Isn't that the one about the conjoined twins? No. You could... That's Matt Damon. I think that you could trade... You could switch the titles on them, keep the same posters, but switch the titles, and it's fine. Yeah, they would still all kind of work, huh? Yeah, I mean, Catch Me If You Can and Four Stuck On You would be a little strange, but you would just accept it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know. I think it works. Um, Stuck On You definitely works for Catch Me If You Can 100%, because I feel like he's like always yeah. like, right behind him. So he's stuck on you. You know, yeah. like he's, he's going to get uh, Leo's character. And I think well, that movie specifically uh, was the first time I felt like I was like, oh, Leonardo DiCaprio is like an actual legit actor. <laughs> and if anyone wants to be like mad at me for that. But I feel like as a kid, I was just like the guy from Titanic kind of thing. Like I was like, oh, now yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. was the pop music of actors. Yeah, but. This was, I feel like, a time. I wasn't as open-minded then. Exactly. And so yeah, that's, I look that's back on this. who he was yeah. for us as, as kids. Yeah. I yeah. roll and Leonardo so I like, DiCaprio. Ugh. Whatever heartthrob. Yeah, he is. Yeah. But he was like, I was like, oh, he's like going to get Oscars and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. You know, so. <laughs> but yeah, the Blues Brothers thing, I'm like, I'm trying to figure that out. But I, but I love that it could just be just kind of slap a name on any poster yeah. with like white guys on it you know <laughs> yeah i'm not uh, i will never like fully fully get it um uh, mm-hmm. but you know good for her we figured it out did your partner like catch me if you can yeah i think so okay did you rewatch stuck on you or did you watch stuck on haven't you? watched stuck on you haven't done a Blues Brothers re- rewatch recently either, but I hmm. honestly I probably won't rewatch Stuck on You. I don't think that's in my I don't immediate think it future. Holds, I don't think I think any Fairly Brothers thing. It's almost like I refuse to rewatch it because it's like I have positive memories to a lot of Fairly Brothers stuff, and I really don't think socially it's going to hold up. So I want to kind of keep that relationship. Yeah. You know, with it. I guess that's sort of like just putting on blinders and kind of running <laughs> forever. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, but it's also like, I don't know if I need to revisit Stuck on You. For yeah. Any, I don't you know. ask questions I don't want answers to. Yeah. It's just, I'm, I'll just put yeah. my head down. and yeah. yeah. But I wonder, one thing I was thinking though with uh, Stuck on You, are you from the Boston area originally? No, I grew up in Missouri. Oh, okay. I've been here right. for about 10 years. No, oh, okay. Because um, I was thinking, because I feel like a lot of people from Boston and from like Providence, they seem to have a different relationship with Fairly Brothers movies because of how heavy it rides into like that culture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like anytime I go on tour, it's like I point at the blue bug and people are like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> like from like Dumb and Dumber. Um, yeah. So maybe it's my relationship with Fairly Brothers movies. I don't know. And not it's. Yours. You never know. It's like some people are like very ready to scream about them, and some people I think are are very over it. Mm. Over it how? Just like, uh, like okay, we've we've gone over the blue bug. Like I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
yeah. I mean, if you have to see it every day, it's like in a, it's just like a billboard essentially. Yeah. <laughs> what they don't get sick of is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, no matter what they're doing. It's... Which might as well be a billboard at this point. Yeah, also. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, trying to tie it back to what we were talking about, I think that Carly Rae could be in a Fairly Brothers movie. Ooh, give me a plot. What do you hmm. What do you think is happening in the Carly Rae Jepsen Fairly Brothers movie? If we're just using essentially her, I want to say I was going to say trope, but then I'm like I think that's just how she is as a person. Um, I think it's really about um, how it's like she wants to have relationships, but she doesn't have the self confidence that she really should just have, and so it's like her kind of coming into having self-confidence but in like hilarious ways but she also kind of like dumb and dumber like it's like she'll go and like use a you know i you know i'm not sure her 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 date's bathroom and then like you know get it clogged up or something like very yeah. fairly brothers and then she's like throwing the water out the window thing and it's yeah. like you know so i think it's like something like that like her trying to be more confident but then always these pratfalls that yeah you know so it's like oh sorry you know? <laughs> But, you know, but yeah. at the end, someone's like, it's like she thinks she's ruined it. And then there's a big speech and, you know, the person's like, you know, you have to learn for me to love you. You need to learn to love yourself. And then it and then it like culminates in one of the one or two songs from Dedicated. It's yeah. just like the story arc of Runaway With Me or of a emotion and a little bit of kiss that ultimately mm -hmm. ends in the like bonkers confidence of no drug like me yeah yeah i'm on board i think we just wrote it i think yeah i think so, we just wrote a movie i think if we can um i'm not sure how much it is to pay someone to transcribe stuff but i think if this conversation is just transcribed that's like the script yeah i think that's i'm how assuming that works. that's how hollywood works yeah we're just we're just improvising a screenplay right now Sounds good. I think it's going great uh, for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. One um, kind of point I was thinking of with this record, and I know we haven't gotten to Give Me Love, which is just simply a great song. That's I feel like I'm going to do the same thing as you. It's like, it's just good. Yeah. But um, I had, the one problem I had with this record, I, I realized it was my fault. Um, in that, on Spotify, this record is 55 minutes long. Yeah. In reality, the actual record, and that's usually what I am like, I want to know what the record is the way that it was put out. Um, like, because I want a relationship with the way that it was normally released. And so, and they don't call that to the like deluxe, I don't think, unless I just, it's possible I wasn't paying attention. Um, but I kept listening to the deluxe edition, mm. I think. And so I would get bored, but I think usually I would get bored. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, I'd get bored around Black Heart. Yeah. And that's not on the actual record. so Yeah, you've got the, like, Emotion and then the Deluxe version, and then there's a Deluxe Extended. I knew that I didn't listen to that. I yeah. knew that I was like, I don't want I don't want much, to go that it's far. Like, I have to do this podcast every week. Uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, it was like Blackheart, I didn't just come here to dance in favorite color. Yeah. So, and I think I usually kind of think about like what song i would cut from a record if i had to 
Yeah. And it was Black Heart. And then I'm like, well, I didn't really make a decision because <laughs> it's not on the record. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it always... Ugh, gosh, I'm looking at the track list now and like I really struggle to pick one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we we have this uh, argument in the van sometimes where Daniel's like, no, LA Hallucinations is the worst song on the record. I'm like, okay, maybe if you're a, a strictly a lyrics guy, it is pretty absurd, but it mm-hmm. still goes. It's still, it still bops really hard. Like I can't, I, how am I supposed to cut that song when like, if I am like, not paying attention and it comes on, I'm singing along. Um, of the of the original 12 songs, I think Making the Most of the Night is the one I would have to cut. Mm. That's my, like, that's my gut check. I'm not going to think about it anymore reaction. I wish I hadn't played my own game incorrectly. But I'm like, man, I like that song. Um, so I will have to... F- forfeit from this game um but <laughs> no i mean black heart uh, is also a, a totally reasonable answer i think like especially given that it's presented as a 15 track record yeah it's a little much yeah um and be- i i think mainly no record should be over like i guess i was gonna say 45 minutes and this is not so it passes that test <laughs> usually i say like no record should be over 40 minutes yeah um I am fine with songs being the longest. I just still don't want it to be over. Like if you have, if there were a 15 minute long song on here, I'd be fine with it. Um, you know, if it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but I still don't want a record over 40 minutes. So, yeah. you know, um, but what I was thinking about, and I don't know if this is just the way that how pop records are often presented. Um, the way that this record is structured makes me think a lot of, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. Mm. Um, And I think probably that is more of the idea that I think more so in pop music, it's like you front load it. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, that's what people are often. That's, you know. Um, But what is what is insane about the idea with the idea of like front loading a record that doesn't in that way mean that the last half of the record is bad yeah. in any sort of way. Like, I feel like when people say front-loaded, that's what that easily means, you know? Yeah, it is. The front half is just hit after hit. And, like, that's how I feel about the entire record. But there's, like, a very... That first half just doesn't stop. It, like, grabs mm-hmm. you and you're on, you're on the ride. Um, and then there are moments that are a lot easier to disengage on in the second half. It's, um, like a perfectly executed a side. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I feel like it's uh, silly that I even qualify it, but I was going to say that I'm not the type of person that goes clubbing, but I feel <laughs> like, um, I feel like it's like the front half of the record feels like the first half of your night. Yes. And then the other half is like, you're like tired, but you're not going to stop dancing. That is a really good take. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that. It's full. Like I'm going to go out. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to like rip around with my friends, make some eyes, have some fun. And then you get around to your type and it's like 
the end of it, kind of like getting in an Uber home, kind of bummed yeah. out, trying not to text somebody you shouldn't. Yeah. You went so much darker with that than the scenario in my head, but I love it. <laughs> um, I was thinking that like the person was still at the club, but oh. they were dancing slower. Okay. And then this is kind of where people are starting to make eyes at themselves, but it is also kind of like you're like worn out. And so you are kind of like making that sort of like, where's my exit, you know, but it's still a good time, you know, but I, I like that you went so much like darker with that. Like, uh, (laughs) I guess I'm going to do something. The thing about that take that it, okay, this, this only works if we insist that the, the three songs on the deluxe edition are part of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Carly definitely rallies because I didn't just come here to dance is the thirstiest song of her catalog to this point. Mm -hmm. It's so thirsty. And I don't know how we get from like riding high to sad in the Uber to, I didn't just come here to dance. Maybe like a nice, like you get a pep talk from the girls moment, but Mm -hmm. I think we just wrote another movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. What do you, uh, what do you feel like that movie? Like what is, I, we don't know. We're workshopping the title, but we'll say right now it's called, it's just called, I didn't just come here to dance. Basically (laughs) we're doing like almost like an Elvis career with her, like, like early, like 50 stars doing movies, like fifties musicians that had movies. It's like, like Beatles movies or something. It's like help because they have a song called help or, you know, so we're doing that with, it's like basically all of this is just based on like kind of, but I mean, they do that yeah. with like comedians. It's like essentially their life dictates the story that they tell. So uh, we're help, we're trying to help you out, Carly Ray. Yeah. Um, so what is the story of uh, I Didn't Just Come Here to Dance as a movie? Of Strictly I Didn't Just Come Here to Dance? Or kind of like that. What What's the, what's the other movie's story? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. If we're start, if we're going to go like emotion deluxe edition, the movie titled, I didn't just mm-hmm. come here to dance. Okay. I think that perhaps we have Carly, maybe Carly is a dancer so we can make that twist in okay. there somewhere. You know, you've got to tie the dance, the dance somewhere in there or like, um, perhaps it's a coming of age movie and she's like going to another town's prom or something. Maybe she's getting ready for the prom. Either way, mm. Carly goes to a new place and is like living her best life, reinventing herself somewhere new. And we open with, with like her running away with herself. Okay. And then she catches a fun summer crush and kind of alienates her friends around boy problems. Hmm. And then things fall apart and she has to like pick herself up and reevaluate her priorities again. I don't know how we work LA hallucinations in there. Maybe she starts to see some success. Uh And then we have her big pep talk goes back out there moment. And we have, I didn't just come here to dance. And she's like, you know what? Fuck those boy problems. I'm here to dance, but I'm also here to be Carly Rae goddamn Jepsen. And I'm going to I'm going to have a good time and shove it in your face and be a big deal dancer having my LA hallucinations. This was so, pretty it was pretty on the nose, but 
yeah i think but... makes for like a good um a good rom-com that ends the way we all want rom-coms to end which is not with a successful love story but with the protagonist having like a really fucking cool career yeah and it's interesting that essentially we use one album to create two diff- very different movies yes <laughs> one one starring tom hanks <laughs> yeah do you think tom hanks would be like her dad in it in that other movie well i guess mm. it's no actually he would be in this movie that you just said because i think that that this movie that we're i didn't just come here to dance um is is like footloose meets step up meets flash dance and then kind of like um maybe nine to five because you said the career thing but kind of like just the thing of like i'm not gonna take your shit kind of thing yeah um of it you know yeah so tom hanks could be like her dad that she kind of moved with but i'm wondering if she can play a high schooler at this point what if he's um what if he's like the like the dance coach or something a la tom hanks in a league of their own He's oh, like, so we get, oh, who's we get, like, like kind of an asshole, but he, he like has feelings when he's willing to engage with them and all of a sudden says something helpful. Yeah. Oh, we haven't had a, uh, like Tom Hanks that like freaks out Tom Hanks in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, like Burbs, I don't know if you've seen the Burbs. No. Oh, perfect movie. Um, <laughs> So, um, I, maybe I'll explain more of what it is, uh, after the pod, um, (laughs) but essentially it's like in the suburbs and they, someone moves like in the cul-de-sac and they think they're like killing people in their like basement. And so him and his neighborhood friends, one of them is Corey Feldman, um, is, um, and just like other kind of eighties, Carrie Fisher is his wife in it. Um, I guess I'm just explaining it now. Um, (laughs) And they think they're, like, killers, but also, like, potentially Nazis. It is So it's, like, okay. horror comedy. Yeah. So it is a perfect Tom Hanks movie. It sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll add it to the list. It's almost impossible for us to talk about Carly Rae Jepsen without talking about Tom Hanks now. Yeah. 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 Tom is fully part of the canon. Yeah. Yeah, and I, there's so much, like, even if you just look at, like, the song titles and kind of just go <laughs> through them, it really, it's kind of, I guess, as I'm coming up on, like, a almost like a thesis, kind of proving the point. You know, it's like, Run Away With Me, I Really Like You, Give Me Love, Boy Problems, you know, uh, Your Type. You know, it's like a really, like, I have to sell myself to you. Yeah. Yeah. And... I don't want to like repeat myself too much, but I'm just like Carly. Yeah. On. The self-awareness of um, your type is really nice. It's like, cause the verses are like, this is on me. And like, now I'm not the type of person that you want to be with because I, I biffed it. It's like <laughs> uh, a really interesting way to turn the like I'm not the type of girl you'd call more than a friend not just because like of types but because I oh yeah my dad that's you know what perfectly cool 
Have you ever listened to uh, Amy Grant? A little bit. Um, some of this album, the way it's produced, and I know it's kind of like kind of harkening back to like a time frame, but it really makes me think of uh, this specific Amy Grant record, Heart in Motion. And when I was like, however old, like little kid, I just thought it was like the best pop record ever uh, when I was like seven or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Amy Grant was originally a Christian artist and then kind of had like a mainstream pop time frame. And so much of the production on this at points kind of hits into it huh. too. Um, but also I think some of the way that Amy Grant presented herself as a performer, because she came from Christian music, she couldn't be like overt. Right. And so some of the messaging is similar. Yeah, Carly this, but, is like yeah. is like nice and subtle with her flirts. Yeah, um, it's a lot of. Um, I'll uh, I'll have to send this to you after. There's a. I don't remember at least if you know three or four years ago, um, there was a a night of uh, PowerPoint presentations about this record, uh, mm -hmm. like in a bar somewhere in New York, and um, okay. I caught wind of it via like a writer I like being part of it. Um, and it's all, the whole thing is on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half. Have I watched the entire hour and a half? No, but I'm feeling like maybe I should. Um, should. but the one about, I didn't just come here to dance has a list of like, uh, here are all of like the more, uh, almost Victorian ways of talking about like flirting, uh, and very, very like, uh, not very straightforward ways of of digging into just how thirsty Carly is on every record. Um, and it doesn't like truly hit until until the end of it. It's this like series of what sound like innocent crushes, and then you get to I didn't just come here to dance. And it's like, oh no, she's she's meant it the whole time. Yeah. That's so funny to I feel like I'm like back in college and like English classes and they're like we're like kind of deconstructing like uh Emily Bronte or mm -hmm. you know uh or like you know Emily Dickinson um yeah I don't I don't know yeah I never thought about it in that terms that it's like and even in the same way of Victorian times it's like they wanted to explain I guess their sexuality or how they felt yeah. about the same thing that I guess men were even more open to doing, or men are more open to do now. Uh, but you know, it's like you have to like think of a way to say it without being direct. So that that's really interesting. I would yeah. actually love to see that PowerPoint. There's as well. a, a lot of show not tell. Like, um, I, I mean, if coming coming from this from the perspective of like um, Amy Grant originally being a Christian artist and that kind of holding her back from like just straight up saying it and kind of having to like beat around the bush. Um, mm -hmm. The chorus of run away with me, uh, I'll be your sinner in secret. Okay, Carly. Yeah. Okay. And lines like that are all over this thing. I wonder, I mean, do you know anything about her upbringing? I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I know she's Canadian and she was on, got like third place on Canadian Idol. Yeah. Um, and then the first record is like more folkish in a way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Guitar that's it's like not as, yeah, it's not, a, yeah. 
Um, but outside of that, I mean, she, it wouldn't surprise me in a way that if she had a uh, Christian upbringing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, in in the way that she could be like a Disney person, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. You were about to say something. Yeah, as a as a person who grew up um, in a small town in Missouri, uh, that was and like was raised evangelical, um, can confirm Carly has went to Christian summer camp energy. So, getting raised in the church yourself, do you what type of you said evangelical but did it like have uh so my my family went to a presbyterian church um but what really drew me in um have you ever heard of an organization called young life Mm -hmm. yeah i was a young life kid um okay i got pulled in via like my siblings went in high school um and so i had like met the area director a few times um and then that area director ended up being my gym coach in high school, uh, middle school, something. Uh, and I ended up kind of getting, like, pulled in via, like, my basketball team. My mom sent me to camp one summer and was like, I want you to be friends with these girls. And then they they did become my friends. Um, and I kind of got pulled into it. Uh, and then after high school, like, worked at a couple of Young Life summer camps and just, like really fell in hard um and that was like my primary influence and it's uh i gleaned good things from it but it was also this like pretty it was also a trap (laughs) yeah i mean i think like because like one of the things when when you said presbyterian at first it's like it's like oh that could have been too bad but then it's like but it's like (laughs) there's there's different levels to like anyone the way that we're raised and there's certain things where it hits you um so i guess like my perception of like presbyterian like it always felt like if you if you had to be christian (laughs) then it's it didn't seem like it was like the worst one to be yeah because it feels like and i know there's tons of problems with any of those kind of sects um it feels like it's slightly more open-minded and kind of allows for people to be like whole people more than like let's say Baptist. Yeah, you know? I I mean, but I wasn't like deep enough in at my church to like. Church was not where I was most indoctrinated for sure, um, and luckily my parents have always been the kind of people who were like, like we've always went to church, um, especially when I was a teenager because my dad was playing music at church and stuff, but. Um, my folks really wanted us to like to think but not necessarily think like them they wanted us to like be able to draw our own conclusions and they certainly really and they certainly really hoped that like we would fall into a a thought process that made sense to them but they ultimately were just like if this isn't for you then that's okay because like life is really hard and we just want you to be happy um i felt more pressure from like my social circles because at the time I was I got like I was so entrenched in young life which is like pretty culty in its own right yeah I guess like since I feel like I somewhat know about it but I guess since we are on a podcast uh do you like do you have like a way that you could define what young life is to people that may not know totally even Um, maybe to me so it's 
it's a Christian organization that's like not, it's not denominational, but it's very much built on, uh, something they say a lot is like, no one cares what you know until they know that you care. Um, so the way it works is like they have, it's mo it's a lot of like college students that are, uh, quote unquote leaders and they will like just like roll into high schools and like start shooting the shit with teenagers and, and, and like invite them to hang out at Young Life Club. And that's like this hour long thing that happens once a week where you like sing some songs, play some games, shoot the shit. And at the, at the end, someone talks about Jesus for five minutes. And then when you get deep enough in that, your leader might invite you to campaigners, which is a weekly Bible study with your leader and like, like leaders kind of like take in like a certain group of kids that they really like have under their wing. And eventually that turns into like, oh, come to camp. And they really push going to camp. Um, and the camps is like where they really get you. Um, looking back on it, it's like a pretty manipulative experience. Uh, where again, I had a, I had so much fun. And also, oh boy, that just the, the entire, the, the way that we're taught about like salvation is just, it's so fucked up. Um, camp is built around like, you're in this beautiful place. You're having the time of your life. You're going on rides. You're hanging out with your friends. You're meeting people from all over the place. You're having like really great family meals that are served to you three times a day. And then at the end of the night, you talk about Jesus for a little while. Um, and the arc is like, here's who Jesus is great. Now let's talk about sin. And we're just going to make you sit mm. with that for two days before we tell you, yeah. oh, by the way, the cross is here. Um, and all the while you're like talking with your bunk mates about it. And you're talking to like, people are like giving their testimonies and their testimonies are often about like, here's what I struggled with in high school. And I was drinking a lot until I met the Lord. Um, and then at the end of the week, <laughs> they do this thing called say so uh which is built on that verse that's like let the redeemed of the lord stand up and say so where they encourage all the kids who have committed themselves to jesus to stand up and say so in front of the whole camp uh that is a a, a briefing on um that's just like early stages of young life and then if you get any deeper into it than that like i did it just like gets more intense yeah, I feel like one of the things, like, even thinking about, like, evangelical, um, just that thing where it's, I'm trying to think of, like, how to say it, um, where they tell you, like, it's, like, we're all, kind of the we're all sinners thing, mm -hmm. and then, but then it's, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, there's, like, a picking and choosing uh, with religion, with Christianity, I guess, any religion, Um that gets really weird because then people go, well, this is a sin. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, but the Bible also says this is a sin. And then, so you just always feel like you're like always, there's always a shame. Yeah. I feel like. And then I remember growing up, I felt like, <laughs> I felt like, um, if I just 
like if I ever felt like I was about to die, this is like as a little child, then it's like, oh, I could repent right, you know, right before. And then I'd be okay. <laughs> so it's like, it's like now, now, now it's like a constant, like resave the game. Yeah. Just like, but it feels like then that's like you develop like anxiety, you know, yeah. in a way about it, you know, you're just like always anxious because it's like, am I sinning? And then that mm-hmm. kind of leads into other places in your life and you're like kind of create like a double a double life or like you almost feel like you're two people yeah you know yeah and then you can't question it inwardly even because if you're questioning it then that's probably sinful too like you have to just hold this thing and walk with it yeah yeah like even when it um like i guess just thought kind of processes where it's someone you know it feels like in church someone will be like homosexuality is a sin but also so is shoplifting you know it's like if we're just you know and then it's like yeah you know it's just like it's just like there it's almost like an attempt to kind of be more open but you're still putting it under like bad you know yeah i don't know it just feels like it kind of like if personally it feels like it kind of like fucks with me yeah and it's taken a lot of time to kind of get to a point where it's like uh essentially like in the church i was raised it's like you weren't even i wasn't allowed to wear shorts you know <laughs> which is it was like really really strict yeah like, it was like men wore pants women wore dre- long dresses kind of thing and then so it's like it even took me a point to where it's like i don't have to like think about it if i just want to wear a pair of shorts like that's insane yeah you know um but you know whatever kind of lesser thing but it just feels like you have to kind of make these concessions in your mind and then kind of like get past them yeah. So you always feel like you're like playing catch up. Um, and somehow I can tie that back to Carly Rae Jepsen. But, you know, I don't know if that's your experience with some of it kind of growing up in a religion. Yeah, it's there's constantly stuff to like to unlearn. I feel like all the time I'm turning over another stone of like, wait a minute, this isn't how anything actually works. I was just like trained I was trained to, like, put myself and my needs dead last and feel this deep, deep shame if I ever, like, prioritized myself or if I ever said no. Uh, there's this, there was this rhetoric when I was, um, I worked at a few Young Life camps. So I went out, I was on work crew once. Work crew is, um, like, high school age kids that do all the grunt work at camp for free. Uh, and then summer staff is the like college age ish kids who do the more fun jobs, like running the slides and stuff also for free. Uh, we love to exploit labor. Um, yeah. and, uh, I was thinking that silently, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, say, yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. So you don't have to, that's, uh, uh, I, I could truly scream for a, a very long time about the like many, many fucked up things about that organization but uh we will stick to the ones that are (laughs) pertinent right now yeah uh one of them being that there was this uh this rhetoric of like you as a volunteer at this place are the hands and feet of jesus and these several hundred kids can't meet the lord if you do not do your job really well if you don't like set this table perfectly like this kid might not meet christ um if you don't like like they're they had kids doing like fucking landscaping 16 year old kids and it's all also like very gendered where like the oh yeah the like teenage 
girls would be fucking cleaning all the bathrooms. Just get me, get me out of here. Mm-hmm. One, my boss, one of those summers, told me to break up with my uh, Catholic high school boyfriend uh, because he could not be a leader in our relationship and I would not be equally yoked. Get me out of here. Oh, wow. uh, I, I feel like you're like, when you said equally yoked, it just it <laughs> felt like a like vertigo or something. Yeah, like, just like make your eye twitch a little bit. Yeah, it's just like the scene in Jaws where it's like kind of the dolly shot, you know? Yeah. It's like on the beach. Like it, those kind of phrases that you don't hear in like any normal, like when was the last time you've heard the phrase unequally yoked? In no other context. <laughs> Truly no other context. Like, when was the last time you've heard someone, and I don't know if they said this, but uh, like the term backslide. I don't know if you, they use that. <laughs> yes, I am familiar with that yeah. one. Yeah. God, in no other context other than like the movie Saved, which is exactly about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard someone use this term positively, but someone said worldly. And I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a because it was like someone that's kind of lived a life and done a lot of things. Right. And in a normal parlance of our times. Um, but in, <laughs> in, in Christianity, it would insinuate that you it's like the person that's that one of the counselors that said that, you know, they were drinking a lot and they came to the Lord. They always yeah. like paint themselves to be like it's like old blues musicians. Yeah. You know, it's it's like they're like. They were, yeah, it's like they were the roughest living like blues musician from like the 1950s, and then they came, you know, they came to the Lord because of the life that they were living, and it's like I bet if you could dissect it, it was yeah. like, you know, I don't, I mean, maybe their trauma is their trauma, but it's like it's like it's just like wow, you know, because growing up, it's like all the pastors that came and taught at my church, it was like, I was like, wow, that was a wild life. Yeah. <laughs> like but it was probably just like they could have just been in any touring band you know (laughs) like it's you know we've had it harder going on tour yeah uh than any of these people so that's what i'm saying certainly yeah certainly (laughs) what's another word that um you've never heard outside of church usage um I know I put you on the spot. I know. I know I have several of these too. There's so many. There's so many. Worldly is a really good one. Yeah. Um, Unequally yoked is like such a, it's like such a fucked up term. Like it's like fucked fucked up up. on a lot of levels. I've heard it personally used in to, um, this, uh, I mean, I'm from the South. I mean, I guess Missouri Midwest. Um, yeah, but I've heard it used in a way that essentially makes it okay for people to be racist. Uh, because the the verse is what um what light does communion have with darkness yeah in my lifetime (laughs) yeah so think about that uh i wish this particular moment were visual for everyone (laughs) as i am like i'm not i'm flabbergasted but it's also not Mm -hmm. surprising in the slightest it's like Mm -hmm. like folks will manipulate scripture in whatever way they want yeah like if any if if we just paid attention to the shit jesus actually said um that's all kind of tight yeah i mean i um 
I like buying religious scripture. Really, you don't ever have to buy it. You just go yeah. grab it. It's always free. Um, but I, I bought a Thomas Jefferson Bible when I was in college. Um, and I know Thomas Jefferson, a lot of problems <laughs> there. But um, it takes out any instances of miracles in the in the Bible. Huh. And then just leaves. I think it might just be that I haven't reviewed it in a long time. Um, but it just kind of takes out any sort of magic of the Bible. And it just leaves parables, essentially. Um, and that's like an interesting way, I think, if you had a relationship with religion that you could yeah. do it. Because there's like positive lessons you could learn if you take away like we're going to stone this person for, you know, uh, having an affair, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is still there. And then it's like, it's like, but you're saying that this is bad, but do we just not do anything with that? Like I can just wear different woven fibers now, and, <laughs> you know, cause that's like a thing you're not allowed to do yeah. in the Bible, you know, but I don't know. But I think back to what we were saying, unless you have more to say about, uh, I think that Carly Rae Jepsen has a um, hidden Christian past um, because even some of the things that you've said about young life kind of make me feel like there's almost like a politeness yeah. that comes with that way of being raised that it's like I'm trying to not almost like be that polite. Uh, yeah. You know, but it feels totally. like you have to be a servant. You're a servant uh, for the Lord. But uh, for Carly Rae, it's for love. Uh, servant for love um but i guess like before i know i've kept you so long now um so future teens released a new ep um before we started recording i thought it was last year because this there's no time anymore yeah time is a flat circle this um so deliberately alive and did you um so i guess if you want to speak about that most recent ep yeah, um, that record was, um, I wouldn't call it a pandemic record because we had um, we had at least seeds of all those songs written before things really set in, but um, it's certainly colored by the pandemic. Um, we recorded it socially distanced, uh, finished writing it socially distanced. We met up for one single day and like stood in opposite corners of a barn in New Hampshire to like nail down arrangements and then um recorded either remotely or like cables strung out into daniel's uh garage while he was button pressing in his basement just a a really a really um it's really a really weird way to record for us but i think it a fun thing you can do with eps is um fuck around a little more and mm-hmm. we definitely got to do that and um i think it's I, it's some of the songs i'm most proud of in my life um I'm really happy with that record and uh, what we were able to do with it, given the limitations of um, a pandemic world. So being that you felt that you had some of the seeds um, before pandemic, um, did you have that experience that people were saying like last, remember like last March people were saying like, this is the time I can write the great American novel, (laughs) you know? Um, Did you feel, feel that way in any capacity that people you were kept able to... saying that and i <laughs> felt pressure to do that but i didn't do it i like i didn't either yeah um i don't as a person who's like fraught with mental illness frankly like it's it, it's just it's hard to do that like i didn't mm-hmm. i think the pandemic um really brought 
some of the stuff that I needed to work on just as a person, but also in terms of my mental health um, and like what I need for that moving forward. It like really bubbled to the surface when I didn't have my job anymore and we weren't touring anymore and I had nothing to like cover what was going on with my brain chemicals. Uh, so while I didn't like write the next great American novel, I have had the opportunity to like turn my whole, uh, turn, turn my health around. Um, and like that to me has been more valuable than like any record I could have written. I think I did a lot of music stuff that I'm proud of this year and yeah, it has set me up to like write the next future teens record and write a couple of other records I'm working on. But, um, I just, I put pressure on myself to do all that stuff and was like, I've never mm -hmm. had this kind of time. And then ended up just like laying on the ground. Well, from the outside perspective, being that you all did, uh, well, and also sensitive sessions, you all appear very prolific. So I will give <laughs> you that credit. Thank um, you. So I am impressed as someone that's kind of past the point of needing to put out a new record myself. Um, uh, I, you know, it's as we're coming out of the pandemic. So what I'm saying to you is, uh, I guess like Carly Rae Jepsen, you know, give yourself a little break. You're doing <laughs> a lot. Um, and I enjoy what you've been doing even with like Twitter where you did the, uh, where you kind of re, I guess, I don't know how to phrase it. Like you did the wonder year song <laughs> to the, and then you did it the other way. Um, you know, so I don't know. It's fun. To, it's probably also fun to kind of have a maybe develop a new relationship with your music. Like yeah. Why you're doing it potentially? For sure. There's been yeah. a lot of space to experiment and like see what other what other tools I have to make stuff that I like, and um, it's been good. I think the pandemic has been a really hard time to engage with music in some ways, but. Um, it's also just like it's changed my relationship to everything uh in like mostly really good ways where i've just had it i've had a year and a half to um to care for myself in a way that i like i'll never be thankful there was a pandemic but um the things that i have been able to do for myself from like like if i hadn't if there hadn't been a pandemic i wouldn't have lost my job and i would have toured all year if I hadn't lost my job and touring, I absolutely would not have quit drinking. If I hadn't quit drinking, I would not, like, know what's going on with my mental health. I wouldn't have, like, the health care that I have. And I would not have been able to make that record as good as I believe it was. I wouldn't be writing the songs I'm writing right now. It has really set me up for, like, late pandemic success. And that is something that I hold really dear. Yeah, I mean, I think I've spent so many. Actually, I'll backtrack. I feel like the probably the only purpose any probably anyone has a podcast is I feel like I injected myself so much into it, um, you know. So I feel like I was kind of telling you a lot about me, you know, <laughs> in it. Um, so I'm glad you had um, similar kind of experiences. But where I feel like I've kind of landed is, hopefully almost having a healthy distance away from yeah. my band that it doesn't have to be all of my personality. Yeah. You know, um, like it's, it's, I, I love having health insurance finally for the first time in <laughs> a good while. Um, and like a job that I like, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of made me reevaluate, um, my relationships as I assume a lot of people. Um, so it's, 
in that way, we have both written the great American novel within ourselves. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, you you got there. You <laughs> I did it. I did it. Yeah. Yeah, we we really did. We did it. I'm very proud of us. Me too. Um is there anything else you want to say to Carly Rae Jepsen? Um Carly Rae Jepsen, if you ever hear this, the like number one thing that I want to know is if you ever listen to the comp that we made of emotion made by emo bands that's that's all i really like badly want to know and also i okay part two a question for you carly ray jepson is it true that you saw a very small clip of us covering your song and did you like it because i was told that you did but i don't know if i believe it uh i i think also carly ray jepson if you are listening you should check out future teens last full-length breakup season i think it would resonate a lot with you as a songwriter whoa that's high praise thank you yeah and um i didn't mention but um i want to also say hello to justin pizzo ferrato our mutual friend that yeah. we both recorded with. justin's the best so yeah i can't wait to record with him again did you get to mix your ep with him we didn't know oh, okay. um andy d park mixed the ep we've we've recorded drums with with justin a bunch of times and i there are no better drum sounds in the in the vicinity yeah yeah so good he's amazing yeah uh so carly jepson's amazing uh justin is amazing and you're amazing for spending all this time with me, <laughs> and i appreciate it thanks for having me it was fun welcome back thanks again to amy hoffman for coming on the pod it was a lot of fun getting to know you and to chat about Carly Rae. Please check out the newest Future Teens EP and honestly, all of their back catalog. Okay, next week, we're chatting with John Worcester of Superchunk, Mountain Goats, and Bob Mould fame, and also of Best Show. So, we talked about The Clash's 1979 album, London Calling. It was so, so great getting the opportunity to chat with someone I've looked up for for such a long time. They say never meet your heroes, but they were full of shit. So, check out our Patreon. You know the drill. That's patreon.com slash spendingoutpod. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at spendingoutpod. Please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and honestly, just simply recommend us to a friend. Thanks, as always, to Sarah Blumenthal for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme music. With that said, see you next week. <laughs>